welcome, welcome, welcome. That's a fast welcome. We've got a lot to talk about this week. What's up, Scott? This is, of course, Line Sight 2020, the pod. It's a good pod. I'm Scott. I'm Brendan, sitting across from Scott, looking at his lovingly beautiful, beautiful face. <laughs> lovingly looking into my eyes, getting ready to talk about NCAA football. We'll do, of course, the mystery top five. A lot of uh, a lot of feedback on the Tom Cruise. He just has lots of good movies. Again, I'll just go back to it. I haven't heard any uh, feedback on uh, Tom Cruise movies at all, and I'm guessing <laughs> it's because people view me as unapproachable. That's probably true. Uh, I did think a lot about your dumb songs, though, uh, since the last podcast, and I thought of a lot more dumb songs. There's so many. Yeah. There's so many. My it's Sharona, really terrible. Also dumb. Mickey, you're so fine, terrible. But again, it has a little bit of a catchy beat to it, so it's hard to it's hard for me to get that over some of the other songs that bring nothing to the table, such as Hotel California. <laughs> that was split down down the middle. No, I heard people s- thought you were terrible at it. People thought that's a great song, right? And that's what I'm I'm here to do. Well, we are here to do college football, NFL football. And, uh, of course, we are brought to you by Linesight 2020. www.linesight2020.com is where you go and sign up. Your first month's free. Football you season. 21 days of free picks left. That's right. 21 days. We had a middling week last week, 4-7, and seven, but only minus 1.6 units because uh, we hit our big one on Arkansas. That's right. Woo! Pig suey. Pig suey. That might be a uh, foreshadowing there of what we're going on uh, this week. I like Sam Pittman. He's a good, good head coach. I called him Sam Mills. Uh, that's a dead Saints linebacker. And also Panther. Also a Hall of Famer. Okay, um, let's get into college football this week. Of course, we have the big local game, local to the state of Texas, where game day is, where Fox noon big kickoff or whatever it's called is. Down in Austin, it is the Alabama Crimson Tide visiting your Texas Longhorns. Uh, that line is currently plus 20. Texas plus 20 in that one. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm seeing 19 and a half now. If I wanted to go put a bet on this game, who would I consult to get that pick? Lee Corso. Would it would it be contrarian to pick Texas? Uh, it would be contrarian to pick Texas at this point. 92% of the cash... 84% of the tickets on Alabama. Um, should I throw out a uh, like a personal bet? Should Texas not cover the number? Sh- sure. Like, you know, get my ear pierced or something? <laughs> get a Nick Saban rules tattoo? Uh, here's the deal. Texas is covering 20 points. Okay. That's a bold statement. I like it. Um. They show up and show out as a program when no one thinks they're going to do anything. I've seen it, and so has everybody else. I'll just refresh your memory. Time and time again against Oklahoma, when Oklahoma was vastly superior on the field. And and make no mistake about it, Alabama is vastly superior to Texas. There is no question about it. That is not every element that takes place in a football game, though. Um, besides Will Anderson and Bryce Young, 
No one in this community seems to be able to name any Alabama players, so that makes me feel good about those dumbass takes. Um, Texas hosted LSU several seasons ago. You may remember that LSU team went on to be historically incredible national champions. Joe Burrow, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase. Chase. I mean, what a stud cast. And that's that that's just who was flinging it around. LSU beat Texas by seven points, if I'm not mistaken, in that game. It was nip and tuck the it whole time. It was very close. The discrepancy between talent on that field was huge. Yes. Huge. Um, and so I kind of view this in the same way. Um, no, that LSU team was not ranked number one at the time of playing. That's If you believe in things like that, that that is the actual story, then you need to stop listening to any takes about football and probably or not watch it. Or listen to more takes. Or so, maybe listen to more. Yeah, yeah. you need Good to be point. educated. And that's what we're here for. We're here to educate the masses. So while Alabama could turn this into a 45 to 16 bloodbath, totally possible. Mm-hmm. I think the probability favors Texas hanging in this game um, by by pretty much the whole time. I, I can totally see him losing by two touchdowns. Would not surprise me in the slightest. But I think the better bet here is that Alabama is not experienced in going on the road non-conference, right? As we mentioned, this is Nick Saban's third road non-conference game in his Alabama career. Has right. he played some neutral side? Yes, he has. He's played quite a few neutral side games. But this is a true road game in a early kickoff spot uh, in a place that likely will be jumping. I mean, it means more likely to Texas than it does to Alabama at this point. Yeah, I think uh, I think that there's going to be some wild turns in the game. Um, would not be surprised to see, um, you know, Texas capitalize uh, on a couple of high-risk plays on defense, meaning, um, you know, zone blitz type types of things that maybe Bryce Young uh, gets out of his comfort zone a little bit and makes a couple of things happen. And that's that's the key. You got to be willing to throw it out there in order to beat the team. I watched Texas A&M beat Alabama last year at home. And yes, that's a conference game. And I would I would argue that A&M was a better team last year than Texas is this year. But I would also argue that Alabama last year was better than Alabama this year. It may not be that way come November, but right now they've played one game, mm-hmm. and it was at home against Utah State. Mm-hmm. Not the same thing. Utah State that struggled with UConn. Uh-huh. In <laughs> basketball? So we like Texas uh, plus 19.5 currently, uh, as we're saying here on pregame.com. Um, give, me, give me your next one. Uh, I am very impressed again by Arkansas. You, you said the foreshadowing was there. I love KJ Jefferson playing quarterback. They're just tough. Like, he reminds me of Byron Leftwich. Yeah. Okay. I can see that. I mean, just kind of big, a big, strong, big, strong. You wouldn't say, Hey, he's a running quarterback, but he does run the ball a bit and he picks up big yards and he makes big plays and he's just big. So Arkansas covers the six and a half last week. Kind of barely. I mean, they won by seven, but they were up 14 kind of that whole game. Yeah, that was a sneaky uh, sweat to covering the spread. That was our biggest play of the week last week. 
Um, it didn't go exactly as I kind of figured it was. The crowd sort of ebbed and flowed mm-hmm. out of that game. I was really expecting more of a uh, raucous and loud environment, and it certainly got that way at times. But there was a lot of kind of dead silence in there throughout throughout the game. Uh, I think that uh, they realized this is a, this is a conference game. Uh, so real quick, let me reset. This week, Arkansas at home, minus eight against South Carolina. So conference game? Conference game, um, and I think they know that this is uh, awfully important to keep this uh, undefeated season going because in two weeks – they lock up with the Aggies in what will be a huge game. Those games are always bananas. Mm-hmm. Those games seem to be off the wall. Uh, I, I think that South Carolina is still got a ways to go uh, before they're kind of in that next level. Although, you know, Shane Beamer took a Duke's Mayo uh, bath uh, <laughs> in, the bowl, in the bowl game in one of the grosser sites uh, I've ever seen on the football field. Um but you know they're they're a decent team. I just think that this gives Arkansas a pretty good chance to uh, sort of climb up in the polls, uh, position themselves pretty well for uh, for conference play. So we like Arkansas minus eight at home against South Carolina. Uh, what do you want to do? Tennessee. Love love the Vols. So Tennessee, Josh Heupel takes over last year or two years ago. I think last year was his first year. Yeah, and they play with incredible pace uh and they they played great last week they've got a lot of skilled positions um on offense they get brew mccoy transferring in from usc USC. trojan uh they're at pittsburgh tennessee currently minus six pittsburgh just meh against west virginia um cover not did not cover barely right it was seven and a half they won by seven yep and I just don't see it for Pittsburgh in this game. I think Tennessee can really, really put the hammer down here. I do, too. I think uh, Narduzzi, the head coach of Pittsburgh, loves to play a slow game. Uh, he's not going to be able to do that here. Uh, there's just no way to do that. I, I kind of think, when I think about Nick Saban and the teams that's, that frighten him the most, I think Tennessee is the team that comes first to mind. Because he does not – he's never liked that pace uh, at all. The breakneck uh, pace, of course, he adapts his own offense to, to, to move more towards that model um, after facing it so many times. I think that uh, the uh, Vols offense is just not going to be denied. I think you've got to really – Alabama struggled with it a little bit last year too. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I think even the best-intentioned uh, defenses that play the most disciplined, they still have trouble with it. I, I like this spot for Tennessee, assuming that they can secure the ball. Love Tennessee minus six at Pittsburgh. Uh, next. What do you got on the Aggies uh, coming off that uh, 12 and a half hour football game in week one? <laughs> See if we can make it 16. What we, what we got on the Aggies is they went into a weather delay and apparently were chewed out for four hours. Because uh, they came out of the weather delay and were a different team. I think it was like a six-hour delay. I mean, they played infinitely better. And, and I mean, the 
opponent, Sam Houston State. So to not play well against Sam Houston State was shocking to begin with. They basically had nothing on offense except for two big plays in the first half. Mm-hmm. And then they really started to kind of hit their stride in the second half. Yeah, I think uh, Jimbo's uh, tightening things up this week uh, going against uh, Appalachian State, who played the craziest game probably, save for LSU Florida State last week, uh, against North Carolina. Uh, in a game that saw 124 points scored. That game, that's the craziest game for sure this year. That's one of the craziest games I've ever seen. They scored 62 points in the fourth quarter. That's a lot of points. The total in the game was 59. So that went over (laughs) in the fourth quarter. In the fourth quarter. Appalachian State scored 40. Unbelievable, you know, onside kick. Guy runs it back for a touchdown. Had he just taken a knee, North Carolina would have won no problem, but he scores a touchdown, leaves him eight points. Appalachian State comes down and scores in like 20 seconds and has a two-point conversion to tie, which was unsuccessful. But this week, Appalachian State at A&M. A&M minus 19, but we are focusing on the total of 54. Yeah, I think think A&M wants to show some offense to their – to their fans more than anything because that was a very lackluster ho-hum 11 a.m. kick last week that ended at 11 p.m. with the final gun. 2.30, probably a better spot for them. Um, I think they probably want to showcase and see what they've got a little bit better this week as well. Yeah, I think the the hindrance to that would be they do have two good running backs – they might run the ball a little more, but I'm with you. You know, this this total goes over 54. I just don't see him holding Appalachian State to less than two touchdowns either. And so you add that 14, call it, you know, 42-17, something like that, gets you over the total. Yeah, I think that's a good spot. Um, what do you think is, we're going to see uh 3 o'clock time slot, Houston at Texas Tech. Houston at Texas Tech. Houston is uh, currently a a three-and-a-half-point dog on the road. Joey McGuire uh, at Texas Tech. This is his first year. He comes over from Baylor. But legendary high school kind of connections and coaching in Texas. So he's likely to draw a lot of Texas players, you know, up up to the panhandle on the Yano Estacado. But this game, Texas Tech won last year. 31. 38 28 21 I want to say but Houston holding uh like a 17 to 3 or or 17 0 maybe lead at halftime if I recall and then just blazed doors off in the second half. Uh we hate Dana Holgerson involvement in anything that we're doing with our bank account. If you'd listen to this podcast, you know my aversion for Dana Holgerson. I can't bet on him. I can't bet against him. I never win no matter what happens. So I don't know what I would do with this game. Where are you leaning? Texas, Texas Tech is going to be without their starting quarterback. That seems uh, bad, as, as I understand it. Um, that being said, I think that they've got uh, some capable uh, replacements there. I also think that people are pretty gung ho about uh, Texas Tech football now that McGuire uh, is the head coach, and they're getting some very solid recruits, uh, solid commitments uh, to be said for sure. And I think that – I just think Lubbock's going to be a, a pretty rocking place for this game. I expect it to be kind of a crazy game, much like Houston played last week against UTSA. Um, really like that quarterback they've got, Toon, which yeah. forced uh, Derek King to the bench, which yeah. is pretty surprising considering he transferred in last year 
from Miami uh, with a lot of accolades. Uh, the fact that he's riding pine is pretty surprising. Uh, so I do think Houston will definitely hang in this game. I think it'll be wild. I think it'll be a very wild and crazy game. Uh, I lean Texas Tech here. Okay, very good. Let's talk Old Dominion. Old Dominion. <laughs> Does anyone ever say, let's talk Old Dominion? Uh, Old Dominion visits East Carolina. East Carolina, a 12.5-point favorite at home, the total 51.5. East Carolina basically should have beaten North Carolina State last week. That was a fun game to watch. We hit that game, uh, East Carolina plus the points uh, against North Carolina State. That was a fun game to watch. I feel real bad for the East Carolina kicker, who was all-conference last year, uh, misses a field goal to win the game at the end, misses an extra point, uh, laces out Dan, which is when I texted you, and then they they immediately mentioned it on the broadcast. You could see the laces were pointed directly at the kicker. I think the laces were in and the ball was tilted. (laughs) The wrong way. The wrong way. (laughs) It was a horrible hold and and really a horrible beat for East Carolina. Lots of kicking mistakes last week in week one. It was pretty uh, astonishing, really. Yeah, LSU and, and Brian Kelly brings his, his special teams coordinator from Notre Dame, the only assistant he brings, and they basically lose on special teams. Yeah, well, yes, that is that is very true in one sense. The other thing seemed like he didn't want to be there. <laughs> I, I don't know if he wants to be anywhere. I, I think he looked at his watch more than I did. <laughs> Like, when are we getting out of this? When are we getting out of this? I mean, it was crazy. Uh, But we're not talking about LSU. We're talking about Old Dominion. Um, Old Dominion, sneaky good this year. Kind of always a little sneaky good. That's true. Finished the season strong last year. Rattled off uh, five wins in a row to end their season becoming bowl eligible. Uh, Dropped a little goose egg a little bit against Tulsa in their bowl game. But they always seem to be kind of game Mm -hmm. uh, in these situations. Uh, They, of course, knock off Virginia Tech. Uh, last weekend, God, we were real close to pulling the trigger on that money line. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's they're they're just a game team. They play really hard. They got five turnovers in that game. Probably won't get that again this week. But they're just tough as nails. Keep everything in front of them, and they're catching twelve and a half points. That's too many points uh, for a hangover game for ECU. Yeah, exactly. I think that's the big key here. Is they just they got up and they got beat. And that's just deflating sometimes for these teams, especially that are not used to winning and or playing in those really. Close I mean, they games. had two goal line stands too. I mean, they yeah. they left it all out on the field last week. I think that they're going to lose two weeks in a row. I, I'm tempted to say Old Dominion money line again, but that seems a little bit like pressing your luck. You might as well take double digit points uh, in this one. Yes, yeah, so we will take Old Dominion plus twelve and a half against East Carolina. That's a five p.m. or is it four p.m. Uh, I don't know doesn't really I, say. I don't here. know if my computer's on Eastern time here or not. Uh, Kentucky and Florida, another big SEC game uh, this week. Well, that one's at night. Kentucky is at Florida. Florida is minus six at home on the back of Anthony Robinson's fantastic performance. What about Anthony Richardson? Is he also <laughs> uh, a player there? Is he the second? He does not go by AR-15 anymore, I know that. Oh, well, good for him. He renounced that name. Of course, that just makes people come out of the woodwork and just make signs, and it's even more (laughs) AR-15. That guy's incredible, no question about it. He's awesome. Now, here's what I'll say about him. 
you know, he's his Heisman uh, odds bounced massively, and he was average last year. Like he wasn't that good. He didn't even win the starting job. He kind of played a little timeshare situation, and that's a lot of hype for one game for a guy that wasn't that great last year. It is a lot of hype. Um, his plays are amazing, and that's what's going to draw eyeballs. So I get it. I get the hype. Uh, Billy Napier should definitely be drawing lots of hype. Yes. Wins his debut against a, a very good Utah team. Um, and that game could have gone either way. Let's be let's be honest about that. Um, I do. This is a tough game. These two teams tend to play each other pretty damn hard. Uh, Kentucky uh, under Mark Stoops has just been a pretty pretty phenomenal team in the SEC. Uh, winning record like every year since after year one. Not just a basketball school anymore. Not just a basketball school. They are dealing with a very difficult uh, absence, though, with, with Chris Rodriguez um, not playing uh, in this game, I don't think. The line suggests that he's not going to play. Correct, yeah. It opened at six. It bounced down to five for a moment uh, and then back up to six. Kentucky's covered five straight in this series. Jeez. Yeah, this feels a little no play for us, I think, from a line sight standpoint, um, just because of the maybe Ant- <laughs> I'm going to call him Anthony Robertson again. <laughs> yeah, do that. <laughs> maybe Anthony Richardson has actually found something. So that is your uh, – is that kind of the primetime game? Yeah, that's a 6 p.m. slot Yeah. What else on is, ESPN. What else is good that's late? You, uh, you, you like uh, – well, we've got a huge one uh, coming up a little bit later. But um, you, uh, if I'm not mistaken – are gung-ho head over heels for the USC Trojans as they uh, demolished Rice to open the Lincoln-Riley regime. Yeah, and they didn't start great in that game, uh, and so it was a little bit of a sputter, but once they kind of got it going. And I know USC is a very trendy pick for everybody to make this year. Long odds to win the national championship, 20-ish to one, I think, um, from the Pac-12, but my God, the Pac-12 looked bad last week. Not good, Jim. How about those Oregon Ducks? Jeez. Not good at all. Bo Nix still can't play quarterback. Um, so this this game actually goes uh, opens at ten and a half. Uh, USC is at Stanford, by the way. Uh, it is now eight and a half. I said I liked it at nine and a half uh, in terms of USC because I just don't think Stanford's very good. I think they haven't been very good for about four years. I don't know how David Shaw is holding on to his job, but he's still because there. Because they don't care about football, and That's he true. probably has a long-term deal, and they probably pay him a lot of money. This game is at Stanford. Stanford has draws no home crowd, so there is no home field advantage. And I think with USC clicking, they really can blow the doors off Stanford here. Yeah, I think so, too. I think Caleb Williams wants to be in that Heisman uh, conversation again, much like he was last year. He's got a year under his belt. Um, I I like Lincoln Riley. I've always had a tremendous amount of respect for him. Uh, I know what he did was uh, in leaving Oklahoma was not uh, ideal or, nor very professional. <laughs> uh, however, that's not really what we're asked to do here. And I just think that he's got weapons, players, and he's playing against uh, an inferior sl- slate of opponents uh, versus what he's accustomed to. 
No doubt. Um, so USC minus eight and a half V Stanford. We like that one. I like the Michigan Wolverines to beat Hawaii 79 to three. Okay. On Saturday night in Ann Arbor. Well, that would cover because Hawaii is at Michigan. Michigan currently a 51 point favorite and that's 51 minus one minus one fifteen. So that's 51 and a quarter really. Um, Hawaii is terrible. Uh, we hit on Western Kentucky. Yes, minus uh, 16. Uh, like, that seems like nothing these it, days against Hawaii. It was 49-17 final. I believe that Michigan's a stronger team than the Hilltoppers. <laughs> you think? I love that they still don't have, um, you know, they're, they're using two quarterbacks. I mean, they're just going to flip back and forth. And... Usually when that happens, it's a bad thing. However, when you're playing these types of opponents, both those guys are trying to impress mm-hmm. everyone in the building and on the coaching staff for their playing time. It's going to be really hard for them not to score a lot of points. Um, I mean, Hawaii is going to provide no resistance, really, of any kind. They allowed 63 points, I think, to Vanderbilt. To Vanderbilt. Um, they beat Vanderbilt by 53 points. No, they, they oh. lost to Vanderbilt by 50 that's what, points. That's what I meant. 63-10. Uh, Timmy Chang comes on to – goes directly from Pop Warner League. Who, quarter, has, who has more coaching experience, quarterback you coach. or Timmy Chang in college? Timmy Chang has two more games of college coaching <laughs> experience than I do, uh, infinitely more playing experience than I do. That doesn't mean that he should be the head football coach at a D1 program, even though he played there. But my my guess is they, they're out of uh, candidates to, to get into that place. I might prefer you as the head coach at Hawaii. <clears throat> you might cover the 51. That's just because I'd have you come visit and we could do this <laughs> all the time and no one would think twice about it. On the beach. A late, late game of interest to the locals – and to, and to the nation, this is probably the best game of the week in terms of the actual matchup itself. Baylor at, I should have said New Mexico State at UTEP, just to really throw everybody off. Baylor at BYU. BYU minus three, minus 115. Open at minus three. It's basically stayed the same. Uh, you know, the interesting part of this to me, Baylor rushed for 300 yards in this game last year. All 11 players on defense for BYU return. So they have it in their mind that they got their ass handed to them by Baylor last year. And the question is, do they now step up? I think BYU is actually a really good team. I liked BYU last week. Um, But Baylor under Dave Aranda just gets better and better. No fun, Dave. No fun, Dave. Love speed. Not the drug, the the actual speed of a person. No fun, Dave, going into no fun Provo. <laughs> this is a recipe for success. That sounds like two of the best uh, group of alumni and fans gathering that you can have. <laughs> and I know they got together in Waco last year. Um, so I, I, I just see it's going to be a struggle for Baylor. I mean, it's hard to play. In the mountains with a nine fifteen kid, yeah. Yeah. ask Mac Brown. Yeah, um, that didn't go too well. It's a tough place to play. I do think that the way that Baylor plays, though, is 
so good of a recipe to not have that be uh, a hindrance. Um, because they, they're not in, in this to like razzle dazzle you. They're, they're there to physically pound on you. So is BYU though. And that's why I think it's got, BYU's got a hell of a team. I mean, really, really strong team. It's going to be a struggle. Um, but I think you take the better team catching points here. And I do think Baylor is the better team. How about this? Total's 53 and a half. 98% of the cash, 98% of the tickets on the over. Really? Yeah. That surprises me. I was unaware of that. And you're talking about two teams that play pretty damn sound defense. Right. Wow. Let's, that might be something let's, let's to... Let's tuck that one in the back that, of the mind there. That, that's, thank God that game kicks late. So do you like Baylor here at plus three? I do. Okay. I, like, I like Baylor plus three. I think that's the right side to be on. Um, you, you know, you might as well catch points. Again, I still say they're the better team going into this. BYU is just a really good team, too. Again, this is why this is the best game to me uh, over the over the course of the weekend, which is really now Saturday. I'm used to saying weekend because last week we had, like, f- games on five different days. Yes. Um, it nice. So it's a very long weekend. It's nice. I do think that uh, Baylor goes in and gets it done, yeah. Okay, I like Baylor as well. Um, let's talk about – Syracuse and Connecticut. Jim Beheim against Jim Calhoun. Connecticut catching 23 and a half points at home. Man, that's a lot for a basketball game. <laughs> it's really a lot for those two schools. Yeah, a lot They've of played a lot some of, real big big East matchups. A lot of history there. Um well, I think that Ray Allen should be able to find some uh, open space. Rip Hamilton down the <laughs> sideline. Uh, a couple of times, so I would lean UConn in this uh, because uh, Syracuse is fresh off an absolute waxing of Louisville. Uh, but as I spoke of earlier, Dino Babers is more of a underdog coach. You want to back Dino when he's a dog. Mm-hmm. Uh, the favorite spot has not been exactly kind to him. Uh, as a losing record against the spread as a fave, 23 and a half seems like a, a lot. It used to be in seasons past, you just automatically took UConn uh, to lose and not cover. Mm-hmm. I mean, it didn't matter if that thing got up to 42, you were taking the other side. Jim Moore Jr. comes on to uh, kind of build a little bit of toughness and credibility. <laughs> the Randy Edsel refresh did not work. No, golly, that was a bad refresh. No doubt. Um, Randy Etzel made a lot of money in his coaching career for doing nothing. One good season <laughs> at Connecticut <clears throat> when he played, and then walked into the Fiesta Bowl against Oklahoma and got hammered. Uh, yeah, so I would lean UConn. Might might do a little bit there. I like UConn here. UConn covers a lot. Uh, five and three down the stretch. Uh, ATS two and zero oh this year. So seven and three in their last ten. ATS they just kind of cover, and they're at home and they're catching a ton of points. So I actually really like UConn in that spot. Uh, what else is on our slate? Oh, your alma mater, one of your alma maters. I'm sorry, they play each other. Playing in the Cyhawk, Iowa State travels to Iowa. Iowa currently minus three and a half. Uh, the, the total in that game is forty, and ninety-five percent of the cash and eighty-seven percent of the tickets are on the under. <laughs> If you're looking to catch a nap <laughs> after Alabama and Texas, then this is your game. 3 p.m. kick for your 
post-turkey nap. Jeez, uh, that's going to be dreadful. When will Iowa score a touchdown? Um, I'm going to say they do not put any uh, ball over the end zone until eight minutes left. Put any ball over the end zone. Over the end zone line <laughs> tail uh, until eight minutes left in the game. Here, here's my favorite thing from last week. My brother-in-law, uh, Jody Flippin, sent this to me. Back Pocket Brewing in Iowa City, Iowa, sent this. It's game day. Let's go, Hawks. Watch party starts at 11 a.m. Free jello shots for every Hawkeye touchdown. Oh, my God. What a so- They're probably more sober there than they are going to be in Provo on Saturday night. The amount of jello shot inventory left over at that place. <laughs> we have way too much jello here. So many jello shots available. So any lean on this game? I mean, I know you love Iowa. Iowa actually beats Iowa State all the time. They do. They kind of own like the series. The Last year was the big chance for Matt Campbell to like come out and be like the head coach of the year kind of a thing. Uh, beat Iowa. You've got all this leadership. You've got Brees Hall. Um, and you just don't mm. do anything. And they, well, they, they lost by 10, but it kind of felt like it was 20. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Cyclones don't seem to fare real well against Big Brother. No, and like you said last weekend, is this not the perfect Iowa season start? This this is every season starts like this. Right. I Terrible mean, against a everyone. nothing school. Right. Then they kind of beat Iowa State, and then they play well, and they then physically rough up Ohio State or Penn State or play them close. They're going to beat – I haven't looked ahead at their schedule – but let's assume they play two out of those three schools and one of them is at home, they're going to win that game. Yeah. If they score touchdowns ever. I'm good. <laughs> All right. One more I want to talk about. Or do you have what do you want to talk about? You got anything else? I don't I don't need to talk about anything else other than uh I think we get it done week week two. I think we come out with with pretty good uh overall unit play. This week we've got a week of data uh, under under our belt. Um, I think that we we look to be just fine this weekend. So one more that I really like, Akron at Michigan State. Oh jeez, Michigan State <laughs> minus thirty four and a half at home. Uh, the total here is what I like though. Uh, it's fifty six, and I don't see. So the implied score of this game is forty five to eleven, Michigan State. I don't see either of those teams getting to that number. I don't think Akron scores. I don't think Michigan State scores 45 points or 44 or whatever. I think this game is 35 nothing, 35-3 final. Uh, I really, really like the under 56 there. Boring, boring, boring. I think that that's uh, probably a good call there, my friend. All right. Um, very good. We will move on to the mystery top five. So... My mystery top five comes at a very interesting point. I'll let you go first. Because uh, (laughs) Queen Elizabeth has just passed. Oh, really? Breaking news. And I knew she was, people were rushing to be by her side. So I conjured up the top five queens of all time list. (laughs) (laughs) What? I didn't know she was going to pass away, and this was going to coincide at the exact time. Top, I was just top five queens of all time. 
Top five queens of all time. Okay. Number one, Queen the Band. Number five on my list. Okay. Very solid there. Very, very good jump into this. You want to hit any of their collection? I have them number five for a reason. I'm not a huge fan of Queen. Oh, I love Queen. Um, but I do like some of their stuff. They don't have any of the, the worst songs uh, of all time. My kids love Queen. Uh, yeah, it's a very popular band. I mean, a lot of people do. Uh, I do have them at number five. Uh, <laughs> what? I think it's funny. I think it's funny that we thought the same thing. Top five queens will queen the band, obviously. I can't see what... I don't, I'd like to know what else you're coming up with. One of them's a little bit of a cheat, so... Steve McQueen. Nope. No no mix oh. in there. This isn't... This isn't <laughs> no Irish this guys? This isn't true trickery, uh, although Steve McQueen was pretty much a badass dude. He's amazing. Is he with us? No. No. He hadn't been for decades, maybe. He stole... Uh, a car? Ally McGraw off of the... Warner Brothers CEO. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah. Golly, what a guy. She was hot, too. Uh, not on my list, because uh, it's, uh, again... So I can't have Steve McQueen. Also not Lightning McQueen. Also not available. <laughs> not Damn on it. my list. You're taking my whole top five. What about Ravens linebacker Patrick Queen? Thought about Patrick <laughs> Queen. Hasn't done quite enough at... To be the, on the top five Queens list. Yes, hasn't done quite enough... Uh, at the NFL level to get there. Um, but I did think about him. Okay. So not bad. I'm going to take Queen Elizabeth on my list. The current one. No. That's down, sorry, she's dead. Well, she's the recently deceased one. Doesn't make her less of the queen. Um, she's number well, she's one. She's not still the queen. I she's, said the current one. She's not the queen currently. Well, currently, there is no queen. Right. So it's Prince Charles now becomes king of England. Is that the oldest royal couple in the history of royal couples? Got to be. Who, Queen Elizabeth and Philip? Yeah. Well, he's dead. He passed away. Oh, yeah, he passed away last year. Sure. Right. So, but, that, uh, but they were both like way upper 90s, right? I mean, she is the longest uh, living. Uh, of, living. She was the <laughs> longest living monarch uh, of the royal family, okay. for sure, by a million. And by longest and longest tenured, she uh, ascended the throne in 1952. Yeah, she was like freaking 12. She see, no, no, she was an adult. No, yes, yeah, she was an adult, man. You sure? Yes, took over for King George. I know. I've I've watched uh, T and Crumpets, The Crown. I've not watched that. I haven't really either, but uh, it's been on in my house. I watched The Greatest Showman. She's in that. She is in The Greatest, and Showman. she seemed super young to me. Uh, yeah, she was young for sure. Okay. Um, followed King King George has lived through some am amazing times. Obviously, the most ridiculous times. Um, she's battled through uh, her grandkids just leaving the family. Um, I hope that they were there and things can be. Her daughter-in-law dying died in 1997, I believe, yeah. and then prior to that goes. Gets a divorce from her son, mm -hmm. um, and then obviously living through uh, the death of her husband. Of course, she's really, really old, um, and she's has an affinity for corgis. Did you know that? <laughs> yes, I did know that actually. Yeah, lots of little corgi dogs. Those are funny looking dogs, right? You know, they showed a picture of her yesterday, I think, and I was like, oh, she looks better than she ever has, and then she died. Uh, well, I don't think that they were showing pictures of her. No, I think they said the she bed. appears after whatever weeks. Not in the bed. Okay. 
she like I don't know maybe it was a picture from last week or something but I thought she looked great she's a real humanitarian was a real humanitarian thank you um lots of causes and um yeah so I like she how many notes you have on Queen Elizabeth well I you prepared for six minutes total <laughs> that's um, how long we spent on Queen Elizabeth <clears throat> I know. Hey, she was a, she was a heck of a lady. Okay, what number was she for you? She was number one. Oh, okay, number good. one on my list. Good. So I've got Patrick Queen, Queen the band, mm-hmm. Queen Elizabeth. Yep. Uh, is was Cleopatra a queen? She was a queen. I'm gonna take her. She's not on my list. Okay. Uh, she was the queen of denial. <laughs> <laughs> what? I think that's a thing. Oh. <laughs> That that literally might be the best joke you've ever told. It's a terrible joke. It's amazing. I'm gonna put that in my mystery top five worst <laughs> Queen jokes. Of denial. All right, so no, that's four guesses. You okay. got one more. You got three slots with one guess. Okay, I'm gonna go with. Uh, Catherine was a czar, or was she a queen of Russia, a czarette? Uh, I think she was a winner of American Idol. No, not Catherine McPhee. Okay. Um, I'm going to just go with Catherine, just to make this fast. The Russian one. Clearly not on my list, because... <laughs> She's probably not a queen at all. She, she was a czar. Um, number four. Okay. Queen Latifah. Good one. Not bad. She, She's the equalizer. She is the equalizer. She uh, keeps me in my AT&T contract <laughs> that will not end until Nick Saban's contract It's not Lily? Ends. Lily doesn't do it for you? It's more of a Queen Latifah thing for you? I think so, because it's more of a voice thing. Yeah, Lily, I, I, there's, what is this, like a cult phenomenon following that, that Lily, the AT&T Yeah, she's has. from Dallas. Oh, she is? Mm-hmm. So is she friends with Nickelback? <laughs> God. You got fired she, today. Is that how she landed that gig? Yes. Uh, she played them photograph at her audition. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this photograph. That's not what she sounds like. Queen Latifah. Okay. Rapper. Yep. Singer. Those are two different things. You got actress. Uh, has won a Grammy, an Emmy, and a Golden Globe. No Oscar and no Tony. No, but she should have won an Oscar for bringing down the house. That was a hell of a movie. You know, there's only 17 people that have an EGOT. Is that right? Emmy, Grammy, Oscar. Oh, I know what it is. And Tracy Tony. Jordan. I know, but I'm speaking to our uh, less informed fans. Yeah, they don't know anything. That's true. Um, best album that she had? Black Rain. Rain spelled R-E-I-G-N. Oh, hell yeah. So awesome. Best song on said album? Unity. Or U-N-I-T-Y. Oh, you spelled that one right. Well, I think that's the name of the song. Okay. So I wrote it out. <laughs> okay. uh, love Queen Latifah, number four on my list. Number three, Marie Antoinette. Queen of Henry VIII. France. Is that Close. right? Henry the third. She, she was a, a friend. He, he was English. She's I know French. they got married, though, right? No, no. That's Anne Boleyn. Oh. Um, did, did Marie Antoinette also lose her head? They're all losing. They're all getting executed. Okay, all everyone left is getting executed. Okay, uh, <laughs> Queen of France from night or from seventeen seventy four to seventeen ninety two, authored the famous "Let Them Eat Cake" uh, quote. Uh, what was going on in this scenario is the peasants had no bread. She clearly gave very little 
to no Fs about that whatsoever and said, let them eat cake as they're starving outside the castle. That's such a baller move. That is a baller move. That sounds like something the college football playoff committee would say. Yes, well, let them eat cake. (laughs) And also Auburn. Let's go with my number two. Go. Dairy Queen. (laughs) Good one. I love a blizzard. Love a blizzard. Have you ever met somebody that didn't like a blizzard? No. I'm serious. I, if you gave me the option of what I would want to eat in terms of a fast food ice cream thing, Blizzard's number one every single time. It's not a Chobani and a muscle milk combo. They also serve toast with their entrees. The steak finger basket is fantastic. What about a Hunger Buster? Hunger Buster's fine. It's a cheeseburger. It is, but it's pretty darn good. Probably doesn't get talked about much. I don't know many people who pick up Dairy Queen unless they are going to the Houston-Texas Tech game this weekend. It's probably a player there. But other than that, you don't see much DQ, even though this is DQ country. Anytime I'm on the road, we stop at a Dairy Queen. For a blizzard. No, yeah, for like a long road trip. Yeah. That's a, that's a staple. We went to a blizzard uh, in Colorado two summers ago, and it took us to go... Uh, 50 minutes from order to receiving. Holy moly. Yeah, but we stayed there. It was worth it. <laughs> it was worth every minute. What do you that, got? What do well, you that, got? That was a popular meeting spot for the in-laws and uh, us in Canton, oh, the yeah. Dairy Queen in Canton. Or you could do the Dairy Palace. You do the Dairy Palace. Yeah, you do the Dairy Palace when you want to eat. You do the Dairy Queen when you want a blizzard. Okay. I, and I think that's that should be the primary motivation in all of those scenarios. What do you mystery got? You got a top mystery five. top five, Scott? I do. Top five Major League Baseball logos of all time. Logos. And the one it's the ones that you can put on your hat, not just like the ones they put on letterhead. Okay. Cleveland Indians. Okay. Not on my list. Really? You like Chief Wahoo. Uh, I think that's the finest logo of maybe in sports. Ever. It's pretty awesome. Okay. Is it because right. he has a red face? Everything about his smile is endearing. The feather is very well placed and on the head. And you still don't like that they moved to the Guardians. Because the just the Red Sea is not Chief Wahoo. And we're talking about just on the hats. Yeah. And I have one in here that I think might not be a hat one, but I'm still going to stick with it. The Toronto Blue Jays. Good one. Like the Blue Jays. Also not on, not on your list. Uh-uh. Huh, it's a bird. It is a bird. And it's got Canadian themes. I prefer in it. the whole bird though. I'm more of a Cardinals or even an old Orioles. Yeah, but a Cardinals is really more STL. I mean that would be Yeah. Are you gonna say that throwback hats or what they consider to be throwback hats are part of it? Oh yeah. Okay. So yeah, this no, is I'm in not play. talking about today. Okay. Like don't give me the Rockies. Um I didn't even know they still had a team. <laughs> the Milwaukee Brewers. The Milwaukee Brewers, number two on my list. That's fantastic. Anytime you're integrating team letters uh-huh. with the logo. So that one is threefold because it's the M and the B and it's a glove. It's genius. I Yeah, it's easy, easily made. I'm interested to see what you have at number one because that's, I mean, Milwaukee's pretty tough. It was to between these two, between the Brewers and my number one for number one, for sure. Okay, um, I am going to throw out 
the old school Seattle Mariners hat Ooh, with, very good one. with the trident. Very good one. Love that one, too. Not on my list. Okay. But I like that one. It's fair enough. Um, let me also select from the AL East the Baltimore Orioles. Okay. Also a good one. Not on my list. The bird one or the O? Uh, the bird one. Okay. Yeah. Always, I, I like the, the characters. You're a bird guy. Yeah, I am. <laughs> Yep, that that was a bird. He just flipped me the bird, everybody. Um, and I think that's five for me. Okay, I think that was four, but I'm gonna let you go. Number five on my list. We discussed this one last week. The old school White Sox batter. Yeah, that's pretty solid. So good. I thought about that. Number four on my list. Just classic New York Mets. Great love. I hate the Yankees. The New York Mets has more of an oldie timey font, mm-hmm. and I like the orange and blue colors. I don't know. I don't. I, I love, love orange. I love their colors. The love Islanders them. and the Mets, great color schemes. Number three for me, and this is the one that I'm not sure was on a hat, but I really like it. It's the A's with, with the, the elephant. elephant. So I was auto- the first as soon as you said that, I thought A's with the elephant. The problem is, is that that's on the uniform. That's on the arm patch. Yeah, I didn't know if like the old Philadelphia A's had them on their hat, though. I don't think so. Okay. I could be wrong, but we're both seeing the yellow and the green with the elephant, and I love that logo. I think it's incredible, but I'm, I think it's always been on the arm patch. Okay, fair enough. I will mention now, since you took my number two Milwaukee Brewers, my uh, alternate to the top five, the Colt 45s. Love that, too. Pretty cool, just .45s. Basic. It's pretty badass. Number one MLB logo of all time, according to me, the Montreal Expos. Oh, that's a good one. That's a very good one. Also included the M and the E and a baseball. Has it all. Cool not red, white, and blue America colors, but French. like kind of a yeah, like kind of a lighter it's blue. Yeah, it's French for Montreal. They're French Canadians. Oh, wee wee. So that is another episode of the mystery. Bring Top back, five. bring back the Montreal Expos. I want that. You Give want the them Expos. to have a team? Yeah. So you can have another team that doesn't get vaccinated or requires vaccinations to play there. Yes, that's right. Mm-hmm. You need more outs in your. In your MLB betting handicapping. That's right. Okay. Very good. Mystery top five. Now, this is the first weekend of the NFL. Beginning with tonight's game. That starts tonight. It starts tonight. Uh, we're doing this on a Thursday morning. Uh, the uh, presumptive Super Bowl champions, Buffalo Bills. Remember that one time they won the Super Bowl in the 90s? Nope. Oh, and I remember they lost four. Yeah. So until that happens, why are they the favorite? The presumptive favorite Buffalo Bills at the defending Super Bowl champions, Los Angeles Rams. The Rams catching two and a half, two and a half. Let me get the let's see if we can get that thing up to three. Let me get the current. No freaking way It's down to two. No, it's two and a half. There's just no way it's going to three. That'd be so great. You may buy a hook on that. So, <laughs> I don't understand the line at all. The Rams are still the Rams. Van Jefferson not playing? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, I don't think Odell Beckham's playing. 
However, the Bills are great. Josh Allen is great. They are yes. a very, very good team. But they are on the road and across the country, whatever. It's the it first doesn't game. really it doesn't matter. matter. In the first week. But they are on the road. They are favorites on the road. And in home openers, in the first game of the NFL season, the home team is 11-4-1 straight up. And or I think it's actually 11-4-1 against the spread and like 12-1-1 or something uh, straight up. Basically, home teams in the opening game lock it down. That's the way to go. Mm -hmm. And I love that here. Again, my handicap goes back to they're still the Super Bowl champions. Does Aaron Donald still play for L.A.? He does. He likes to swing two football helmets at people versus Miles Garrett's one football helmet. Did you see the, the video of that in that practice game or he the scrimmage? Could, he could, I did. He could have no helmets and just be out there with no pads on either. I'd still take him. That's true. He's amazing. He's the best player in football. I love the Rams here. And their quarterback... Uh, supposedly is experiencing no pain in his elbow. That's good. We will see him tomorrow night. That's true, we will. We will be attending the Highland Park, uh, Lake Highlands high school football game where Highland Park will retire Matt Stafford's number. Forever. They haven't retired my number yet. Yet. Uh, well, I think there's a underground committee working on that. Uh, Am I, I'm on the veterans speak. committee. <laughs> yeah, that, it might be a little bit later. It might be more t- when you're like Rayfield Wright's age that, when oh, that geez. happens. But uh, he, your time's coming. Okay, good, good. Uh, so, any other handicap on this particular game other than uh, I just I don't understand it. I don't. I, I don't. I don't get it either. Um, just way too much hype on Buffalo, in my opinion. A defense that's good, but not great. Um, Jordan Poyer. Um, he's I, French. He's, uh, is he? He's French-Canadian. He's an exposed guy. He's a, he's a great safety. I yep. won't take that away from him. But this is a beatable team. I, I just don't understand why they're giving points here. But there we are, and uh, we will be taking the Rams. And let's get into Sunday's action. Lots of games here. Uh, what's first up on your list? Uh, I always love a good Atlanta New Orleans game, um, you know division foes. You've got uh, a, a Jameis Winston sighting. Uh, he's going to start uh, for the Saints, and then I am just all about Atlanta's offense. I love Kyle Pitts, love Kyle Pitts, and uh, I'm pretty fond of that rookie they drafted out of USC, the Drake. Very talented guy. So this is New Orleans at Atlanta. Is that true? Mm-hmm. Yep. Why do they put this in Saints? Why don't they put it in New Orleans? I don't understand that. Uh, so it's uh, New Orleans at Atlanta. Saints minus five and a half. And so I this is one of the first games I picked out. I love the Falcons here. Plus five and a half at home. Home dogs, again, in an opener. Love it. The total's 42.5, which is incredibly low. But as we discussed, somehow this game goes under all the time. It does. It used to, you know, used to feature Drew Brees versus Matt Ryan, throw the ball over the field, tons and tons of points. That's what the, the common perception was. But it's weird. A lot of these games tend to go over that number, and they tend to, 
tend to be very close nail biters. And don't get me wrong, the Falcons aren't good. They just are not five-and-a-half-point dogs at home to the Saints. Right, with no injuries of any significance going on. The Falcons have a win currently of under or a four-and-a-half. So oh, wow. They're going to be bad. Isn't that what they had last year? Probably. But this one they cover in. Uh, I love it. Um, let's talk Eagles-Lions in the new in the noon slate as well. Uh, Eagles at Lions. Lions, four-point dog in this game. Lions, of course, coming off just a passionate hard knocks where everybody's watching and, oh, God, we all love the Lions. They're going to be so good. They have a very emotional coach. They are also not going to be good. Someone needs to check on him after he finds out that <laughs> Queen Elizabeth II has passed. You think it's going to affect him a lot? He cries more than Dick Vermeil, I think. <laughs> Why do NFL coaches cry more than college coaches? Well, there's a lot of shots to the head that they've experienced <laughs> they've over the course more. of their lives. And it's just an emotional game, right? I mean, it's emotional for everyone who's ever played it. You know, get the guys who are successful that don't, uh, Bill Belichick and the like, who have not uh, gotten their feelings confused in uh, with what goes on between the lines. I like both of these teams. Um, so I don't know what we're going to do here because I am gung-ho Eagles. Fly, Eagles, fly. Yeah, they have obviously your favorite player in the history of time. Yep. Jordan Davis uh, drafted out of Georgia. And I like the Eagles too. I think the Eagles win the division, um, which is not like a hot take or anything these days, even though the NFC East is terrible. Uh, but I just think four points over a field goal at home, again, at home, opening game, I really like the line. Detroit lost some heartbreakers last year at home, uh, you know, at the end of games, which is what that's that's classic Detroit Lions football. Um, I like Jared Goff to have a, a good season again. Um, I, I just don't know if they've got – I don't know about DeAndre Swift running the football. Yeah. I haven't made up my mind on that guy. Yeah. You know, he seems to have all the talent in the world, obviously. Um, they got Jamal Williams, who's a decent backup as well. Uh, but that is the handicap on that one. Uh, Dolphins, Patriots. Patriots at Dolphins. I Lions moved to minus three and a half Dolphins. One note on that game that really matters, and that is Matt Patricia is calling plays for the Patriots. That's right. Why do you bring him back? That can't be good. No, it, it, he's horrible. I, I don't know why... This this move was made. I really don't. Was he the defensive coordinator? He was the defensive coordinator. Okay. He was the defensive coordinator on a defense that was called by Bill Belichick. He parlays that into a head coaching job with the at, Lions at Detroit, and he's terrible. And he, he brings him back to be the offensive coordinator. Uh, he beats me again with a young quarterback. That I don't understand it. And the Dolphins beat the Patriots. All the time. Especially in Miami. That's right. Uh, is Miami getting too much love? The line's three and a half, which is interesting. It went. It opened at three, went to three and a half. Um, I, Tua. I don't know what to think about Tua. Tua. He, he can make every throw, but he doesn't. He doesn't want to. Tyreek Hill now, the star of that offense. Um, I, the three and a half number is very concerning to me, uh, just, just from a hook standpoint. But, again, all the things we've talked about, the Dolphins are great at home against the Pats. They're great at home. Um, 
I like that uh, new coach they got, too. He's kind of weird. Yes. Um, was he at the Rams? Yes, I believe so. That's what I thought. Um, I I think they're probably going to cover this. I know they've covered eight of the last ten. That's a big number. That is. Uh, other noon game. Steelers at Bengals. Bengals coming off uh, their first Super Bowl berth in a long, long Since time. Since 1989, I believe. Uh, Bengals are minus six and a half at home against the Steelers and... Mason Rudolph. Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> Mitch Trubisky somehow wins the starting job over Kenny Pickett. I saw a really funny meme of... Like and Mason Rudolph. Them fist bumping. But it was like a little, the little baby, the little, little the baby little hand. hand. Yeah, I've seen a lot of that <laughs> stuff going on, too. That was pretty funny. I... I I love the Bengals. You I did not put that in my write up because I didn't want my Joe Burrow boner to show. Um, that's gross. <laughs> but you love the Bengals as well. Tell me why. I think that uh, they are kind of getting overlooked in the AFC this year. A lot of pub on the usual suspects: Buffalo, Kansas. the Chiefs, the Chargers, Denver. Denver um, and I, I, man, I think that they've got the most winnable division of all of the quote unquote contenders. And man, Joe Burrow is just hard to go against. He's got that it factor, and no one can cover Jamar Chase at all. Um, it's just too much of a rebuilding uh, situation in pittsburgh and i just think hey why don't we stack the box against Najee harris and see if mitch trubisky can complete more passes to guys wearing his jersey versus ours stack the box double cover george pickens had a great preseason and he gets in fights um i like i like in addition love the Bengals there as well um one more noon game to talk about, well, I mean, there's, you can talk about every one of these games. How about Jacksonville at Washington? Uh, what an interesting game. Uh, open, I, open minus three and a half Washington down to two and a half Washington. I really like three and a half better, obviously, for Jacksonville here. Jacksonville seems like a pretty trendy pick. They get Travis Etienne back. They get Doug Peterson year two. Year one. That was year one? Urban Meyer was fired last year. Oh, jeez. That was two years ago. It feels like a long time ago because they went through a lot of stuff. But, it, yeah, it, it really was in the middle of last year. He only made it. Last year was his first year. Terrible. And he had a 10-game run, something, something like, that. like that. So, Doug Peterson, obviously, uh, massive coaching upgrade. Super Bowl champ. Super Bowl champ. And on the road here, getting points, uh, short line, I actually really like the Jaguars. Uh, I don't have any rebuttals on that other than uh, Riverboat Ron. I mean, seems always like a, a pretty good guy to back. Uh, Carson Wentz, I believe, is taking uh, the reins over at quarterback. Uh, not too confident in that. Pretty sure Doug Peterson is familiar with Carson Wentz. Probably knows a few of his tendencies and weaknesses. Jags are probably the right play here. Let's talk one afternoon game and then the two night games. Um, Packers at Vikings. Yeesh. So everything I've read, so the line is uh, Vikings plus one at home against the Packers. You know how I feel about home dogs. Uh, 
uh, especially in week one. And everything I've read is the Vikings have just a new vigor since Zimmer was was booted. Mm-hmm. He was holding his thumb on everyone there. A lot of players said, you know, I came to work being scared to get cussed out for three hours, and that's not fun. And so I think with Kevin O'Connell there now, they're just better, and they've got they're going to be a little more open. They still have Kirk Cousins. Michael Irvin picked him to be his MVP of the National Football League. <laughs> Kirk Cousins. Yes. Bold choice. Uh, they've got um, – what's the damn running back? Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook. They've got Justin Jefferson. They've got a lot of weapons. I love them plus one at home. Uh, I think that's the right side of it. Uh, Aaron Rodgers has uh, nobody at receiver. Um I mean, I, I've always thought they were kind of decent weapons. He has bitched and complained throughout training camp about them. He's also on an acid trip that I think started in February. <laughs> when, you, when he was on Joe Rogan. So I don't know uh, how that plays. I mean, it's pretty good if you're Doc Ellis and you're a pitcher. I think That, <laughs> that it worked works, out well for him. It works out there. But I don't know about playing quarterback against uh, Minnesota in a hostile environment. Uh, Minnesota – tends to play Green Bay pretty damn well. Uh, I really uh, – I think you're on the right side of this, too. The home dog, it's not really a dog. I mean, they're getting a point. Uh, I like Adam Thielen, too. Mm-hmm. We're talking about receivers. Uh, man, great possession receiver, and he can stretch the field. Uh, too many weapons, yeah, for, for Minnesota. You like that. Skull, everybody. Uh, the night game which was the Thursday night game last year. We get the Buccaneers this time at the Cowboys. Cowboys catching two and a half at home. Oh, it's up to two and a half. Yeah. I saw one and a half. Wow. Yeah. It was. It opened at minus two, bounced down to one and a half, and is now up to two and a half. I I don't know what to do here. Again, it, it gives me the home dog vibe. But... The Cowboys are not as good as they were last year. They just aren't. Not even close. Their offensive line is going to be terrible. Jason Peters signed a week ago. Already said he wasn't playing in this game. Uh, and that's their their solution at left tackle is a 40-year-old that was on his couch two weeks ago. He's really good, though. He is really good. But they've got the holdingest offensive lineman in the draft, Tyler Smith, to somehow replace Tyron Smith, who tore his hamstring like a – turkey leg like off of the bone <laughs> while running down the field to pick up a secondary block right i in, love the effort in a practice uh and so that's going against the cowboys what's going for the cowboys is the strength of their team is their defensive line what about the receivers they have no receivers they've they got were, one they were holding noah brown out of preseason games to protect him oh geez think about that noah brown michael gallup Likely won't play, um, but from the Cowboys' perspective, the strength of their team is the defensive line. If you add Micah Parsons to it, and even if you don't, which they'll they'll scheme it out. Uh, DQ. Speaking of Dairy Queen, we'll scheme it out to where Parsons rushes the passer quite a bit, and the Buccaneers' offensive line is garbage. I know they have no worfs. They have no Worf. center. Okay. And they have one of their guards was hurt as well. So they're going to be without three of their starting five. Correct. Damn, that's a lot. I actually love 
the under in this game. I don't think either of these offenses are going to do anything because of the offensive line. They can't protect a quarterback. They can't run the ball. Uh, You'll see a lot of short passes from Brady because he will be under pressure the whole game. I think it's a lot of clock eating in that scenario, and the total is currently 51. Mm -hmm. That's not a bad bad take there. I I might join you on that side. If you had to pick a side, though, what are you going with? You like that home dog. I really do. You can't get off that home dog. I really can't. I really can't, even though everything tells me the Buccaneers should win. I just think that offensive line is so bad. That is Tom Brady going through marital problems? He's going through a lot of marital problems, which I'm not sure will help or hurt him if he'll just take out all of his aggression on the field or if he'll be distracted. Um, I, He's not really one to be distracted. That's true. Of on, on anything. He has as many Super Bowl appearances as Tom Cruise should have Oscars. So Wow. We said that last week, I think. <laughs> yes. Uh, all right. What do you what do you, what do you think on Monday Night Football? Monday Night Football, you get the great Troy Aikman and Joe Buck on Monday Night Football. Now it's worth watching. I can remove always, Joey Tessitore from my library uh, altogether. I Monday hope. Night Football is always worth watching. That's true. Greatest theme song in football history. And it's the Seahawks at home against the Broncos. And here's where I'm going to go against everything I've just said. Seahawks plus six and a half at home at night on Monday Night Football against the Broncos, and Russell Wilson comes back to town. Uh, Expectations too high? I don't think so. I think the Broncos were pretty good last year, and they literally had the worst quarterback in the NFL. Who is that? Drew Locke. Not Brock Osweiler? (laughs) No, he doesn't. No, Drew Locke got traded to Seattle in the Russell Wilson deal. I know. That's a great trade. (laughs) And what I'm saying is that was the Broncos quarterback. He was... Horrible. Ooh. So Man. I really I actually like the Broncos minus six and a half here. Yeah. Tough place to play Seattle, but how long are the fans going to be into it? And as I said, this ain't your daddy's Seahawks team. My daddy's Seahawks team had Steve Largent. <laughs> yes. Actually, that was, that was my Seahawks team. So, so this Seahawks team has Geno Smith. Not Dave Craig? Nope. Still, oh, even not man. Dave Craig. Man, that's going to be tough for them. Uh, still have Jamal Adams. Who was average. I don't think he likes playing on a team that doesn't compete. No, and I think this team is that. This team is most definitely that. Yeah, I mean, it's the Broncos is really the only play here. Well, any other news and notes? I know you have written here uh, Arizona plus six at home. I like that. Against Kansas City. The only thing I don't like about that is there's no DeAndre Hopkins. I don't like that, but they did go out and get Hollywood Brown, who was oh, so right. underutilized in Baltimore. And not so much, it's not really a knock on Lamar Jackson. It's just the way that they play. He and Kyler Murray played together, right? They played Oklahoma. together at the University of Oklahoma. Okay. And uh, I think he's got a chance to shine. I just really don't – I've lost my um, – uh, love of Kansas City covering spreads. Their defense is not good. And they lost Tyreek Hill, only oh. to be replaced by Juju the Smith-Schuster. Although they did lose Sorensen, so maybe their defense got a lot better. I don't know. I like Sorensen <laughs> as a linebacker. Terrible. Um, undersized. Uh, yeah, I like the home dog in that scenario as well. I'm assuming that uh, Kyler watched plenty of film on this. It's the first game. Uh, there hasn't. There's another opponent really that that you need to look towards. 
Uh, yeah, I like that home dog live. And then you love the Chargers Raiders over 42. Uh, 52. I'm sorry, 52. I definitely like it over 42. <laughs> we should tease that down. Uh, yeah, that was must see TV last the the finale last season on in the Sunday game Night in Football. which in which we bet on the under because I thought for sure they were both just going to take a knee. Uh, that was the game that? if they had tied. No, no, I know they would have both made the playoffs. That's right. If they just take a knee, they weren't going to do that. They went for it for on fourth down. The Chargers did like seven times. Yeah, in that the game. whole game. Ridiculous. I love these two offenses a lot. The I Chargers like, need a new coach. Uh, he's young. Brandon Staley's he's not a good X's and O's guy. He's going to be one of those guys that this will be his learning experience as his first head coaching job. He'll get canned, and they'll bring in some, you know, Buck Showalter, uh, Dick Vermeil, uh, retread. <laughs> Lots of people in L.A. are uh, in touch with their emotions, or maybe it's just the smog and the in the your grit. eyes are watering. Um, but Brandon Staley will probably get fired because I don't think they're going to realize their potential. But then his next job, he'll go somewhere and be a superstar. That game is CBS 325. In L.A., so Chargers at home. It's actually down to minus three, uh, and the total is 52. Yeah, so, I'm seeing points there. That Is that Romo and Nance? Gotta be. It's gotta be Romo and Nance. Uh, yeah. He gets oh, excited. Yeah. That that Tony Romo gets excited about Oh no, Jim. Uh about okay. football. Well um, that's, that's all I've got. We've gotta go uh save the queen. <laughs> that's not possible anymore. Okay. So thank you very much for listening. As always, go to www.linesite2020.com. Subscribe. Win. That's hit the right. button. Really Just like hit the button. And hit it's the a, button. It's a free first month. You'll get notified every pick we make at the time we make it. So you're going to get the correct lines uh, and the lines that we think it should be played at. You'll get some closing line value out of that. And we will see you next week. Thank you. Thank you.